And welcome to another episode of Tales from the Doghouse Separation Anxiety Explained. This is Stacey Bell from Focused Fun in the US, and with me today is the wonderful. Of course, I'm wonderful. Sarah McLaren from the UK, from Separation Anxiety Solutions. And also, we have the marvelous. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that, but anyway. If you if you want to if you want to go there, <laughs> um, Ness Jones from Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded in Australia, and today uh, we have a case study. Um, unfortunately, Beck and Sunny couldn't be with us today um, for various reasons, but um, she Beck has allowed me to talk about her case um, and uh, yeah, just uh, where she was before she started working with me and um, where she is now that she's finished working with me and the journey that we had in between. Let me tell you all about Sunny. Sunny, uh, when he came to me, was seven to eight months old, a cavoodle, uh, and he was adopted around the time of lockdown, so he had never learned to be alone, which is the case for a lot of dogs. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um Beck reported that he had daily walks, a snuffle mat and scatter feeding. Um, But when he was left alone, he would bark, howl, cry and whine. So she stopped leaving him alone. Good for you, Beck. That's excellent. It's one of the protocols we ask owners to do um, while we're going through the training process. Um, She did inquire at her vet who said, and I quote, according to Beck, Yes, they gave me brochures for place training and nothing in life is free, no medication. Uh, so that wasn't tremendously helpful. Helpful. We have talked about nothing in life is free, but basically just for the listeners, that is, um, well, uh, it's kind of self-explanatory. The dog gets nothing unless they do something first. So if they want a pat, they might have to do a known behavior before they get their pat. Uh, if they want to go in or out, they have to do a known behavior before they go in and out. Um, so they have to kind of work for everything in their lives. Um, yeah, um, she also said she had asked several trainers and they said to just leave him and not respond to the barking. Oh, bless her. Yeah. And she knew that she had to do something a bit more proactive than leaving her dog bark and not forgetting that she lives in an apartment and I don't think her neighbours would appreciate <laughs> a dog barking constantly. Yeah. So how did she find you, Ness? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Why do you have to ask the difficult questions? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it's in I, my nature to do so. <laughs> <laughs> I would have that written down somewhere, but I, I don't have it in front of me, I'm afraid. So. So we did an assessment um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, And I'm saying that a little bit, I'm not saying it sarcastically, but it was, um, it was difficult for poor Beck because um, when she opened the door, when we did some sort of like backwards and forwards to the door to sort of see if the dog was reacting before she went out the door. But the moment she opened the door, 
little Sonny bolted out the door and down the street. Sunny. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Um, so I, she disappeared off the camera. I'm watching her via Zoom for five minutes while she oh, no. found him. <laughs> I was freaking out, to be honest. I was like, oh, my God, I hope nothing happens. But, yeah, she got him back. Everything was good. Um, so we had to put the baby gate up to block his access to the door. Unfortunately, this added to Sonny's frustration. <laughs> Um, and there was a, a lot of barking um, from him because so she was he was inside the baby gate in the, the, the lounge area and um, would leave the baby gate or, you know, go through the baby gate and get to the door, open the door. And Sunny started really freaking out and barking quite a lot. Um, so it was it was a difficult assessment in that regards, simply because I, it was hard to see where he really truly was at. So um, we started the training with, so when, we, when I set up the training plan, initially I started with some door desensitization, um, but we worked initially, we had to start with the door desensitization around the baby gate, not the door, door mm. not the exit door, just to try and get them used to her going, leaving through that. And in tandem with that, some mat training, so that we could, the goal for me was to get rid of that baby gate because I knew it was just going to build up his frustration. So he basically hadn't done that much obedience work. So she just, well, she had been doing it, but she needed to up the ante on that. So we put in place some, um, some mat training so he could learn to stay where he was while she exited the door. And she really threw herself into that. And it was, I think she did one more session with the baby gate, maybe two, and then we did away with the baby gate altogether. Oh, nice. So it was really quick, yeah. It was, mm. And that, was, that really helped Sonny. Um, he didn't get as frustrated initially. Yeah, we didn't, we, that was the point. We wanted to get rid of the gate so he wouldn't bolt out the door. I've had a couple clients with door dashers as well. And I do think, and I generally don't use mat training for home alone training, but with those dogs I typically do just because like exactly what your experience or Sunny's experience was that it is the gate just adds a whole new another level of difficulty to it and so just having mm -hmm. them kind of anchored to a spot when you're at least leaving and then um you know if they get up it's fine but yeah mm -hmm. and I I didn't actually care whether it was mat training or just a downstay, but I, yeah. um, because there was every option, every chance that Sunny was going to break either the mat training or the downstay. So it was, right. it wasn't a formal kind of obedience command. It was, I wanted to keep it separate to if she was doing a downstay, you know, somewhere else that where he really couldn't break. I just, you know, it wasn't formal. It was like, well, we know you're going to break, but she just needs to be able to get out that door first. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think for the for the benefit of the of the listeners, I think um, when people think of of downstairs, they think of putting the dog in a down, and then and obviously them staying there until you ask them to move somewhere else. So obviously for separation anxiety, that's not what we're looking for because we know that once we're on the outside of the door, you know, we could be leaving for anything from a minute up to several hours depending on how well the dog's doing and there's no dog that you want to leave in a downstairs for several hours or that would well some might do it I suppose depending on how well trained they are but that, that's not what we're looking for we're just looking for 
um, somewhere for the dog to settle that gives us enough time to get out of the door. What they do once we go out is irrelevant, but it's just a, it's just kind of like a target, isn't it, really, for them to aim for while we're going in the opposite direction. Sure. And, and honestly, he didn't even need that for very long, so we, we managed to get away with the gate. I think he did yeah. a few sessions where she said, on your mat before she left, and then basically he was following her to the door, but he wasn't bolting out the door. So she really yeah. conquered it so quickly. I was really proud of her. She really put the work in. Um, and he's a smart dog, and he's, he's a quick learner as well. So, yeah. Um, and the gate was just causing him so much frustration. It was really problematic. You could just see it. Uh, and then we like we we actually started this um, the separation anxiety training straight away um, while she did was still working on the mat training and the gait desensitization at the same time. But we started on five seconds, mm-hmm. uh, and he rocked that. And so then we went to eight seconds, and we just gradually kept building that up till he got to thirty seconds. Um, but it's always a bad, isn't it? <laughs> so, Sonny is a young dog. He's full of energy. He's very playful. And he did find it a little bit challenging at first. Um, and it was really hard for Beck to find the right time for him to train because mm. he was so mm. playful and energetic. So getting him in the right fra- frame of mind was really hard for him. Um, well, it's hard for her to, to find because she was working at home. Her sister was working at home. Melbourne was in lockdown. Um, so it was, it was, and you know, he wanted to play. However, so when, when we were getting up to this sort of 30 second to one minute mark, um, what, what I was seeing was that he was playing um, when she was doing the exercises, but I didn't have a problem with that, even if he wasn't settled, because if he's playing, he wasn't panicking. You can't play in panic at the same time. They're just they're kind of op- polar opposites, aren't they? So I was pretty happy with that, that, you know, she was progressing really well and got up to a minute um, watching him, you know, watching him play, just, you know, just having a goof around really. So that was really good. Um, but he got to one minute and then we sort of hit a few sticking points. Um, he started changing his behaviour. I don't know if maybe the absences got to a certain point where they were like, you know, he was starting to notice that she was gone and she was leaving mm. him for longer and longer. Um, so he was getting a lot more focused on the door. So he would follow her to the door a bit more and hang out there more um, right by the door. Um, and uh, he seemed to start get a little bit more concerned about her leaving. And what was happening was, when she was doing the warm-up steps, he was barking and slamming at the door, which obviously oh isn't goodness. good. Yeah. Oh. So just, you know, like he's not a, a huge dog. He's like, you know, a little cavoodle. So he was, but he was like throwing his front paws on the door and barking. But it was for me watching the video, it was frustration and not fear. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, uh, he wasn't panicked so much as mum, 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 come back, mum, 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 mum. Yeah. Um, so the problem that we were having was the warm up steps I was setting her were quite short. So, because he was sitting on a minute ish. Um, mm. And so maybe one of the warm up steps was five seconds. Uh, and he'd be barking and she'd be back in the door. And plus, you know, when, when she was leaving, if it's at five seconds, 10 seconds, she didn't really have time to step away from the door either. So um, he knew she was right outside the door, basically. So that was adding to his frustration, a little bit like the baby gate. 
Um, so because I felt like it was frustration and not panic, um, and I wouldn't do this with most separation anxiety dogs, I really wouldn't, but for him it was appropriate. I made the warm-up mm. steps longer so she wasn't returning when he was carrying on. And it, honestly, when he was barking, it lasted for, you know, bark, 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 slam, and that was it, you know, five seconds top. So um, by making the warm-up steps longer 30 seconds 40 seconds 20 seconds whatever it looked like but not mm. long enough for her to be returning while he's carrying on like a pork chop it it works really quick <laughs> it works really have you not heard that expression yeah. no have you not I thought, oh. <laughs> so i have a question for you um with the frustration at the door yeah um what there's like kind of a decision tree there right to yes well there's a lot of different Mm -hmm. options right but Mm -hmm. one of the options is to make the step really short like shorter I know they were already like really short but like kind of that whole like return before he has the the chance to bark and slam the door so in this case um I know part of your kind of like reasoning for that is like, because you felt like it was frustration, but even with frustration cases, a lot of times, or most of the time we will end up saying, you know, to try to return before there's that, that frustrated behavior. So in this case, um, in your mind, what made you decide to, what made you feel like that was the better option to wait longer? He was barking straight away. So there was, there was Mm -hmm. no time. There was no time that she could have been out. And she'd already got up to a minute. Um, and it, like I said, it was a new behaviour. He hadn't been doing it. I didn't see value in doing that in the sense that I just didn't think it was going to make any difference by coming in. Like she would have literally been stepping out the door and coming back. It would have taken us back to the door desensitisation, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. And, again, I would have done that with a different dog but for Sonny it it he just didn't need it he just needed to they were protest barks they were kind of mum you know like mm-hmm. not mum I'm scared <laughs> you know what I mean um mm-hmm. yeah and it was as soon as he got it out of the system and he realized she wasn't coming back he was like oh okay I'm gonna go and play now mm-hmm. you know so it was it was I mean, I wouldn't have continued doing it that way if it hadn't worked. Obviously, we would have tried it right. once um, mm. and then that would have been it. But it, it was an, an immediate effect, if you like. She did it for the warm-up steps and, yeah, there was progress straight straight off the bat sort of thing. So, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so this is, again. This is, one, this is one of the biggest differences, isn't it, between working through this on your own and doing this with a professional like us is that that our uh, entire jobs at work are, are working around your dog and your, your separation anxiety and your particular journey and the differences between every dog although the the process itself you know the desensitization is the same isn't it I mean that desensitization is desensitization end of mm-hmm. but being able to spot the difference between fear and frustration and and knowing when to go on the other side of that behavior and when to stay on the smaller durations is is what can make all the difference 
because as an owner, she could have ended up just trying to go back uh, and, you know, just got more and more frustrated doing more and more, trying to get, stay on the, the non-barky side of that. Uh, yeah. and could have ended up ended up hitting a brick wall and getting nowhere and as an owner doing it by herself as well she could have maybe left the dog barking thinking it was mm. frustration yeah. and then it might have tipped over into yeah, yeah. anxiety yeah so um but it couldn't stay how it was so I, I, I had to do yeah. something with the warm-up steps because as it was she was coming back in while he was barking and he was all he was learning was oh the more I bark the you're going to come right. back in yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It, so it either had to go I either had to lengthen the warm-up steps or go back to Doherty sensitization and I, I chose the latter because I thought it was appropriate for that dog but again I wouldn't mm. have done it for every dog yeah and like you say if it had got worse you, you would have gone back the other way oh god yeah yeah and training really went forward after that mm-hmm. yeah good, good. so um, you have mentioned a couple times that Sunny, Sunny was is energetic um and i know that it sounds like at least some of his behaviors are due to frustration um did an increase in exercise and or enrichment play a role in your training plan or yes it did stacy thank you for asking me that (laughs) (laughs) yes i encouraged her to add um i don't i think when she came to me she wasn't maybe giving I don't think he had that many walks or the length wasn't terribly long. I mean, obviously, as a young dog, he, um, you know, you can't overexercise and you've got to be careful how much exercise they have when they're growing. Um, but I don't, I think he, I think we added more exercise into his his um, daily activities and also definitely more enrichment, like find it and stuff like that. Once he got into the rhythm, he really embraced the training. Um, oh, Yes. And poor old Beck and um, Sunny and her sister went into a really harsh lockdown in Melbourne during oh, the training. Yeah. yeah. And her sister had to work from home, um, which she hadn't been previously, but but Beck had been. And um, so she had the problem with her sister was in her bedroom uh, a lot oh. of the time. So mm-hmm. she, her sister was wonderful, honestly. Her, she'd say, look, I've got to do the training. Can you either stay in your bedroom? Because she was working, like she was doing calls and all sorts of things in, in her bedroom. So she'd either stay in the bedroom or she'd kindly say, you know, her, she'd even say to Beck, oh, do you want to do the training? And they'd go and sit in the car or something like that. So, yeah, <laughs> best sister in the yeah. world, I reckon. I, I yeah, said, yeah, go and take like her out it. to dinner or buy or something nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as Sonny progressed through his training, I had a lot of fun watching him via the video links that Beck was sending me because he, once we got over the issues of his, you know, the door stuff um, Mm -hmm. and he got more and more relaxed and the time went up and up and up, um, he started like just doing naughty things that were so (laughs) amusing. Um, So Beck would leave a cup of coffee or a cup of something on the had a little um, coffee table in the lounge room, and he would get up on the lounge, just stick his nose in it, and start licking it. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, 
you know, saying the back, oh, she didn't know he was doing it till she started videoing him, right? So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, her sister's like, oh, didn't you know he'd do that? <laughs> she'd be drinking out of this cup and he'd have his face in it. Um, other times he'd like wander around in the kitchen and kind of like be sniffing up on the bench and trying to find what he could get into or looking at her washing like, hmm, should I pick something off the washing line? Because she had a, like one of those indoor clothes racks. Um, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and um, slippers. So at one point mm. during the training, he stole a slipper and Beck was watching on the, obviously on a live feed and it was one of her slippers and she had to come back in earlier than expected and rescue it <laughs> off him. So he was always you've up just, to something. You've just reminded me, I think one of my clients very early on, I remember with theirs, they had um, a cockapoo and she had all the socks on top of the radiator. There was like this whole row of socks. And uh, she, they were watching him on camera and she sent me the video and said, we had to abandon training because he started taking all the socks off the top of the rift here. <laughs> That's so yeah, funny. It's just so funny. But it's good when they're doing, I mean, it's not ideal for the, the owner, is it? But like, it's great when they're doing that because you know they're relaxed. They're not going to do that if they're in a panic. So yeah. No, no. And they're up to no, you can almost see them going, right, what should we do now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So he went, just kept going up in time. Um, he, I reached out to Beck and um, he's over an hour now. Wow. Um, yeah. So she's continuing continuing with his training. Melbourne is still in a lockdown. She said that she did say it's been pretty hard um, to continue. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're coming out in a week, maybe on Friday, perhaps yeah. this Friday. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, they've been, they were hit really hard. So um, it's been really hard to train for them, but um, especially having her sister there. But but she's done it and she's put the hard work in and, you know, she's reaping the benefits now. In fact, I did ask her to sort of send me a little note since she couldn't be here about sort mm. of what life was like before and what life was like after and the training process, if you'd like to hear what she has to say. Yeah, totally. Um, so she says... Ness helped me with my puppy who struggled being home on his own. In the beginning, I couldn't even open the door without him barking frantically and rushing out the door. Now he no longer tries to get out and will quietly settle on his bed or on the couch when he's not getting into mischief. He's still a cheeky pup. Hmm. Working with Ness helped to set the foundations of getting my dog used to being on his own, and it was so helpful having professional feedback on each training session. We are continuing to build up time and I am much more confident moving forward compared to when I was trying different training methods on my own. Thank you for everything, Ness. Nice. nice. So it sounds like um, other than that kind of like blip at one minute that his progress was fairly linear. Is that true? No, there was a couple of regressions here and there, um, but mainly because perhaps he hadn't had any exercise or enrichment that day or, um, you know, maybe a little bit unsettled that day for whatever reason. Um, but, yeah, he, he if we had a blip, he, was, he recovered quite quickly. They weren't major ones. We, we didn't have an issue where you know we hit a time and then we went back 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 and continued going back mm. if he went back mm. for a couple of sessions and he was going forward again so it was a constant tweaking but um yeah he, I, I was really 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 chuffed with his progress 
Um, mm. And yeah, just just so much, such a delight watching him play with things he shouldn't have. <laughs> so, so how long how long did they work with you for? Eight weeks. Okay, well, that's good then. I mean, what did they finish at? What time did they finish at? Um, maybe it was just over thirty minutes, I think. Wow, that's pretty good, isn't it? It's so pretty so good. Yeah. When, did, when did you when did you actually finish working with her? Then how long has she been on her own? She might have been more like forty minutes. We finished in September, and so she's been working on her own since then. So not that long ago. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, uh, he's he's like, done really well, then, hasn't he? Is yeah, it for a young dog? She, I think, she got up to about forty minutes, thirty to forty minutes, and then she's done the rest oh. herself. Given she's been in lockdown the whole time. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, That's and um, you know she's comfortable. She knows she can go out now and um, not worry, so to speak, yeah. um, about what he's going to do. Um, so she's, you know, she can go off and do things. Her sister goes with her to do things, um, and yeah, she's a lot, lot happier. Did she try to do stuff on her own initially? Well, she must have been. Um, I don't recall exactly what that looks like for her mm. um mm. yeah i've got an easy question for you then <laughs> what what color was he <laughs> what color was he yeah or what color is he should i say not was he i mean he's still there isn't he um kind of beige <laughs> i know a really beige. bad joke about beige but i won't say it no <laughs> Makes a bit it's a bit podcast. rude it's a bit rude well it's not rude but it's yeah maybe offending to some people <laughs> offensive <laughs> now i really want to hear it no maybe once we get off the podcast i'll tell you <laughs> and then you'll go oh that wasn't that bad you could have said it <laughs> um, where is she um distance wise compared to you then where's melbourne compared to you that would be about 2,000-ish k's away. Wow. So without your um, capacity to work on Zoom, then that would not have been a possibility. Not at all. No, no. Ah, cool. Yeah. Well, that's good to Lockdown. know, then. Mm. What's that case, Stacey? I was just saying, plus it was lockdown, so you wouldn't have been able to... Um, no, no. Or anyway. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Yeah. But she was a great client. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed working with her and Sunny. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm proud you... of them. You know what? Oh, I'm really proud yeah. of them and how they went. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So well what done, do Beck. Think? I know you're listening to this. So. Yay! Well done, Beck and Sunny. And Sunny. Um, and Beck's sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beck's sister. Beck's yeah. Sister. I hope I hope you bought her some flowers or something, Beck. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty soon she'll be able to take it out for a meal. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So what do you think was the biggest um value added that you brought to the tableness? Yeah, I mean, certainly we <laughs> talked about um being able to help her kind of take a peek on the other side of that frustration behavior and kind of have a feel for whether um pushing a bit to to kind of break that connection between barking and, and coming back 
um, would make a difference or if falling back would be a, a better thing. So, so that would is definitely an, an instance of when um, having a professional really makes a big difference. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure that there were other things, not necessarily specific um, instances like that, but just overall things that maybe you did or, you know, in this specific case that, that you really felt like made a big difference. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, she, Becca said she'd been talking to other trainers and uh, I, mm -hmm. I guess they couldn't offer her what she needed in terms of where to start. Mm -hmm. She really didn't mm -hmm. know where to start. Um, so that, you know, obviously got a, a plan happening, the daily training plans that is, you know, so she was sending me notes and video links, which was so important for me to see. So I knew what was going on. Uh, mm -hmm. I think, I think they, they, those video links are so valuable. If we don't have them, I think it, we can't do the training really because we're relying on something that the owner says and hoping that they've got it right. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, so, the, and the fact that we see so many of them as well, I mean, you know, I think we all start in a similar way, don't we, where we ask for video more, well, just about every day at the beginning mm -hmm. so that we can really get to grips with what the dog looks like. I mean, for you, with the, the baby gate and the mat, I mean, that you, you wouldn't have been able to do all that without being able to see him, would you? No, no, I wouldn't have had a clue what was no. going on, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and just being able to say, right, well, we can do this training, but you need to, you know, find a figure, we need to figure out a way of how to stop him bolting out mm. the door. We need to get rid of the baby gate. Um, so what does that look like? How do we um, make sure that he's... He's, um, you know, not going to do that, like with the mat training, mm. but also just, just um, you know, knowing that he's a young, boisterous dog, that he needs more exercise and more, especially more enrichment, more mental stimulation, more problem solving to take that light layer of hyperness <laughs> off, yeah. off him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think for a lot of owners, this is the problem too. They, they see, they're going to the door and the dog is following them. So they mm. immediately start, and I'm not saying Beck did this at all, but uh, this is just something I've come across a lot. You know, they, they start worrying and freaking out that, you know, the dog's following me to the door. I don't mm -hmm. care if your dog follows you to the door. Obviously, I don't want them bolting out the door. But if right. they're not stressed, if they're just saying, oh, well, what's going on? And they're not mm -hmm. stressed, then it's not cause to be concerned. Um, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that sort of is valuable having a specialist to say, well, yeah, you should be concerned or no, you shouldn't be concerned. And just, um, you know, just being able to build up that time for her with, with the, the gradual exposure therapy, gradually building it up slowly, 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 and not pushing him over threshold um, mm -hmm. is really, really essential. Um, and which, which, you know, entails the, the owner to follow your training plan protocol um, to right. ensure that doesn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, very Ooh. good, Ness. Yeah. And Team Sunny. Team Sunny. <laughs> I'll, um, I'm, I'll try and I think I, I might put a post up in the show notes of, um, I think I did a, I did a post on my Facebook page. So I'll be, able, I'll put a link to it so people can see yeah, what Sunny, Sunny looks like. Yeah. Cause he's a cutie. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of brown, brownie, beigey sort of. Yeah. Very cute. <laughs> fluffy. He's a fluff. He's a fluffer. 
Is he a floof? Or we do like a, a floof. floof? A floof. Oh, thank you for bringing that to us, Ness. That was interesting. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No worries. Okay, so that wraps up another episode of Channels from the Doghouse, Separation Anxiety Explained. Thank you so much for listening um, and thank you so much for sharing Sonny's journey with his separation anxiety and um, his training with me and um, the lovely Beck. Um, it's, we felt that it was good for us to bring a um, case study to you guys every now and then because it just... Um, I don't know, it's it's nice for you to see what the training process might look like, how we problem solve it, and why it's always a good idea to get a specialist to help you with your training, um, such as one of us. Uh, I'm Ness Jones, I'm from Separation Anxiety and Dogs Decoded, and uh, I am in Australia, and you can find me on Facebook and uh, on my website, which is Rough Diamonds, R-U-F-F, diamonds with an S, dot net. Over to you, Sarah. Thank you. And you've been listening to me lurking in the background, Sarah McLaren from the UK, from Separation Anxiety Solutions. And just like this, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram, only on my website at www.separationanxietysolutions.com. And I am Stacey Bell in the US. I'm at Focused Fun. Um, my website is focusedfun.net. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Focused Fun Dogs. Um, listen, thank you guys so much for joining us today. As you know, you can find us on all of the major listening platforms. But can you do us a favor? Can you like and subscribe and share and do like all of the things to help other people <laughs> enjoy things. our podcast? Yes, all of the things. Um, that that really not only feels really great to us honestly but also helps other people find our podcast so yes that would be fabulous thank you guys so much all righty thank you bye